Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us today to the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter number 16. 1 Samuel, chapter number 16, is where we'll take our text this morning. Appreciate the songs, every heart that's been obedient to obey God. Just going to trust Him, a simple thought on my heart today. And uh, I hope it's an encouragement to you. If you're here today and you know in yourself right now that you're not ready to meet God, you better, you better reckon with God today. Uh, it's a whole lot better to do business to God, with God now than it is to wait till judgment. Uh, it's one-sided when you get to judgment. Uh, it'll just be Him. And uh, today you have an opportunity to call upon him. And I hope you'll obey God. First Samuel chapter number 16, beginning at verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among the sons, among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou shalt do. Thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto you. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled as his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Father, thank you for your word. We pray for the unction. We confess we're trusting you in all of this. That you would speak to our hearts. We don't know the condition of any particular soul. But we know simply, God, that this is common to us all. So help us as we recognize that you alone 
know what the future is, and you know the best for us. So we pray that you would trust us. Give utterance, we humbly pray. Liberty as we ask it. In Jesus' name, amen. We probably could have taken scripture from uh, any part of the Bible. The more I think about the topic, the more uh, evident it becomes that uh, God is gracious to us when we seem to have our lives all messed up. Um, I want to share just as a, a thought for you to take away, God has a better plan. God has a better plan. Uh, you can read for context, if you like, about uh, what God and, and Samuel had done in anointing, making Saul king. Uh, it was the people's desire for a king. They no longer wanted God only. They wanted to be like the rest of the countries and the nations who had kings that ruled over them, and, and God allowed it. And uh, ultimately, God would send Saul to Samuel. Samuel would anoint Saul king over Israel. And from that point, Samuel kind of went down. I mean, Saul went downhill. He just couldn't get it right. He, he, he had no heart for God. He didn't uh, pay attention to the word of God, and he didn't obey God. And ultimately, we find ourselves at the end of chapter 15, verse number 35. God had already spoke to Samuel and said, I'm rejecting Saul. He no longer will be king. Now, God had sent him to be king. But I can tell you, when you refuse to do the will of God, he can remove you too. Uh, God has the ability to do both, and he does that very thing to Saul here. And we find Samuel weeping. Now, um, I'm not so sure who Samuel loved the most, whether it was Saul or David, but he certainly had a heart for Saul. And we find it in, in his life here being turned upside down. You'll find one place in the book of, in, the, in chapter number 15, where the Bible said that Saul wept before God. He wept all night long when God said, I want you to go to Saul and tell him I've rejected him as king. And uh, he wept all night long for Saul. And then he went and did what God told him to do. And uh, we know the story. And then we find in even verse number 35, after Samuel had done what God said to do, he still was mourning. He was weeping over Saul having been rejected as king. But may I say to you today, God has a better plan. Yeah. Uh, anytime that we let God in control of our lives and we trust him, he has a better plan. Uh, I'm grateful to God that he doesn't throw away the clay because uh, there's been many a time that I've messed it up. Uh, I have broken it. I have marred it. I have uh, ruined it at times, it seems, and yet how gracious God is to continue to try to help us. You say, preacher, I, my life's messed up. I've gone too far. I've made some bad choices. I've done the wrong things, and uh, it's too far for me, I, there's no way, there's no hope for me. May I say to you today that uh, we serve a God of second chances. We serve a God that loves us and is able to fix what's wrong in our lives. I'm looking at people today. Many of you have made mistakes in your lives, and I'd be the first one to admit I've made a mistake. But I've also seen God work in those mistakes and turn it into something that ultimately would bring him glory. Now, that's the God that we serve today. I realize that we're in a... Uh, we're in a society today, just soon judge and throw you away, but that's not who I serve today. I serve a God that loves, 
and he's able, friend, to help you. Here's what I want you to know this morning. God has a better plan for you and for your life. If you, maybe you're sitting here this morning and thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do. Everything's falling apart for me. Everything in my life has gone the wrong way. This isn't what I thought would happen. This isn't the direction that I expected. I want you to know that you serve a God today who can change your plan. He can make it better for you if you'll just surrender to him. Now, you can be stubborn just like many of the world today and prideful or rebellious of heart. And I can tell you, you can go right on in your misery. You can go right on in the despair of your life, wondering how in the world you're going to fix this and get out of it. But let me be clear, friend, your answer is but one today, and that's in Jesus Christ. But if you'll put your heart in it, if you'll let God do something in you, if you'll yield to God what it is that he wants from you, that's you, your, your heart. Brother, he can take and provide and show you that he has a better plan. He has a better plan. I'm glad, friend, that God has a better plan. I thought about Adam and Eve when they were standing over the grave of, of their son. The Bible said Cain slew Abel. They basically lost both them boys. And they stood standing over the, uh, the grave of Abel. I wonder if they had thought, boy, I wish I hadn't ate of that fruit. I wish I hadn't have done that. I've ruined my life. Oh, God. Steps in and another boy is born. And would you know that from the line of Seth would come the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, I'm glad today that God can take uh, the lemons and make lemonade out of it. As we look down through all of time, we can see that when people's lives were all, oh, they were messed up, when they were too far gone, when there wasn't anything that could be done, God can step in and make a difference in your life today. Oh, do you need help this morning? Now, some of you may sit there and think, well, I don't need God's help. I'll get this figured out directly. But you're going to find out when things go wrong, they ain't really but one that can help us out of life troubles. Amen. Amen. We just seem to make more of a mess of it. And we, we can waller in that just as long as we want to. It's up to you. But, oh, I'm glad, friend, that God, when we'll just give it up to him, friend, he's able to help. Now, here we find Samuel who of no fault of his own had his plans all messed up. I believe he really loved Saul, and I believe he really wanted Saul to succeed, but we'll find that sometimes our life gets messed up and it ain't our fault. Yeah. And nobody wants to think about that part. There's many times that things go wrong in our lives and I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. Now, there's been plenty of times it was. <laughs> Let me just be clear about that. There's been plenty of choices I made that were bad ones, and bad choices have consequences, and consequences often can turn your life upside down. But there are times when some people make choices for you or make choices that affect you, and it affects your life. And then you turn around like Samuel did, and here he was mourning and weeping because his plan had fell apart. Everything he thought God was doing suddenly wasn't the plan of God anymore. Amen. Some of you may have started out on this road, and then it fell apart on you. But aren't you glad that God was able to resurrect to do something in you that nobody else could do? Many of you are living happy and satisfied lives today, fulfilled in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, even though it may have started pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, it may have started bad, and yet God has somehow had a better plan for you. And I'm glad of that. Amen. Many of you sleep just fine, knowing that the past is not necessarily something you want to talk a lot about. 
But ain't he a good God today? Ain't he a good God? He had a better plan for you, son. He had a better plan. You might have messed it up for a while. You might have turned your life upside down. You might have made choices and decisions that you wish today you could go back and make again. You may have regrets of what has already gone under the bridge that you can't bring back. But may I say to you today, if you'll just lay your hand in the Almighty, he can help you today. He's got a better plan. He's got a better plan. The Bible said he came to Jonah a second time. It took Jonah having to live in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights at the bottom of the ocean. Now, you take that lightly, but I guarantee you, Nick, none of us want to go through what he went through. And yet what we find is when that old fish vomited Jonah up on, I ain't never been fish vomit, but old Jonah, he vomited him up, or fish vomited him up, and when he hit the ground, the Bible said the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Ain't you glad that he's a God of second chances? Aren't you glad today that he doesn't just toss you away when you mess it up and when things go wrong and when you've wrote it off and when you say there ain't no hope for my life, there ain't no way that I can get out of this, there ain't no fix on that. I'm telling you, I've seen God turn the bad into good too many times. Amen to discount what the Lord God can do if you'll just let him work his plan for you. Amen. His plan for you. There's so many in the scripture, and I'm just going to share a few this morning. I thought about the apostle Peter. We've been studying about him in our Sunday school. You know, he made a mess of things (laughs) right up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, standing outside of the hall of Pilate. There he was denying that he even knew, cursing God or Jesus, denying that he had even known him. And yet what we find that when Jesus rose from the dead, he went right straight to Peter, got all that worked out. You know what? It was better for Peter in the end than it was in the beginning. I remember as they drugged this old gal before the Lord and they cast her down at his feet. You're talking about a messed up life. You're talking about some bad decisions. The Bible said she had been caught in the very act of adultery. There she was, her life ruined condemned to die by the law of Moses. And there they stood with the rocks in their hand to execute the judgment. And there she was. I bet she was thinking to herself, I've made some bad choices. There ain't no way out of this. I've been caught and I'm guilty. And yet what she found was is that Jesus didn't come to judge her. He didn't come to condemn her. The Bible said he rode on the ground. And what that did was convicted everybody around her. And when Jesus looked up, they were all gone. And he said, woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, Lord, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now you're talking about a second chance. I bet that old cow left there skipping. Happy that God had a better plan. I'm thinking about that old woman that had five husbands and the one she was living with wasn't even her husband. You say there ain't no fixing that kind of bad. I tell you right now, when God gets a hold of it, he can make it better. People today won't give God a chance. Because they want to live for themselves and they want to do their way and go their way. I'll tell you right now, there ain't anything you'll ever do that'll make it right. But if you'll let God, he's got a better plan for you. Well, we're all, many of us at least, are examples of God having a better plan. God having a better plan. Uh, You can ask the woman with the issue of blood. She figured out he had something better. 
You can ask old Zacchaeus. He found out the Lord had something better. Old blind Bartimaeus, if you was to talk to him, he'd say God had a better plan. I might have been born blind. I might have been blind from my birth. I might have been blind most of my life. But that day when I met Jesus, I found out he had a better plan. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that my hope is not in this world or the things of this world, but I've got a God that has a better plan. Samuel's in a mess here. We, we see him as he grieves. And I don't know about you, but there's, there's a time for grieving. I get that part. And, and if you're grieving this morning, I'm not, I'm not on to you today because you're sad. I'm not on to you because you regret. I'm not on to you because you're grieving. But I do want to say to you, there's a time for it. And then there's a time to move on. There's a time for you to lay all your burdens at the feet of the Lord. There's a time for you to confess what you've done. There's a time for you to give up and let forgive others for what they've done and to leave that at the cross of God and say, I'm going to trust you for something better. Now, there's some people that like living in misery and they make misery their own God and they'll worship that God by weeping and, 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 and mourning over things that they can't change and they can't control. Let me tell you something. There's a great deal in this world that I can't control. There are decisions that people will make, amen, that I can't control. Amen, I love my wife and I believe she loves me. But I'll tell you right now, she has choices to make just like I do. And brother, if you make the wrong one, it's going to turn somebody's life upside down. You need to know what God's trying to do for you today. But I want you to know that if you're living in regret, you need to move past that and let God give you something better. There is something better, by the way. There is something better. Oh, I'm glad today that though many of you may have thrown a good portion of your lives away on addictions, drugs, pornography, adultery, whatever you want, whatever the, the, the problem is, it absolutely will mess your life up. There ain't no doubt about it. But oh, I'm glad for him that God's able to take what we've messed up and he's able to do something with it. Amen. Some of you have been through it. Some of you have experienced it. Some of it's still going on. Amen. Sometimes the hard things come and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to get better. Stick with me now. I want you to know if you put your your hope and your trust in God, he's got a better plan for you. You say, preacher, I can't see it. I'll tell you right now, old Samuel couldn't see it either. He was in despair. He mourned, but oh, like what God said in verse number one, and the Lord said, said unto Samuel, he said, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? He said, hey, he said, I'd give you time now. He said, I've let you weep over Saul. He said, but you couldn't control what Saul was doing. Saul made up his own mind to disobey me. Saul's life is what Saul's life is, and you can't change that. He said, I'll give you your space to mourn. I'll give you your space to weep over this broken plan. He said, but what I want you to know is I've got a better plan. Would you just join with me? Hey, the problem with some of us today is not that God can't help us, is we won't let God have it. Amen. We think we we think we've messed it up. We just gonna have to live with it. We just gonna have to have to mope around and live defeated lives in, in in our own abilities. Let me tell you, if you'll let God have it, He can fix what's wrong in your life. Well, you say, preacher, that sounds like a good blank check to me. I love to have blank checks. 
This ain't a blank check, friend. No, these are the promises of God. Anybody that's ever laid their lives into the hands of the Almighty, I can assure you they're living satisfied and happy. Not necessarily because they made the right choices, but because God has a better plan. God had a better plan. And he told old Samuel that day, he said, hey, I've let you mourn long enough now. It's time you get up from here. huh? It's time that you put back what's back there. All the regret, everything else. He said, it, you, I've let you mourn over it. Ain't God gracious about that, by the way. Amen. He, he gave him some space and he let old Samuel go home. But oh, I like what he said to him when he comes there in chapter 16. He said, how long? He said, how long are you going to keep on? How long are you going to hold on to the past? How long are you going to cling to the regret? How long are you going to hold to what you thought could have been and what you thought was the best plan? He said, how about you listen to me right now and turn loose of those things that have kept you bound and mourning over the past? And he said, let go and let's go. He said, I'm going to tell you what to do. Well, God's trying to tell somebody what to do this morning. Now, I know that hits somebody, some, some of us right in the face, right? We don't like anybody telling us what to do. But brother, when God tells you something to do, you better listen. Because right. if you ever want to experience what it's like to enjoy the better stuff, the better plan, <laughs> you say, preacher, what's the better stuff? Laying your head down at night and being, being at ease with God? Amen. Ain't nothing like that. Amen. Being able to go to the house of God and worship him and experience as you're exposed to the word of God and the prayers and all of those other things to experience as a child of God what it means to be a part of his good family, (laughs) to experience the goodness of God that comes to us. Amen. Even though we're undeserving, I'll tell you right now how glad that I am that he had a better plan for me. Amen. I thought I knew what I wanted when I was a young man. I had plans. I had dreams. I had hopes. And all many of them, amen, they went by the wayside. You know why? Because every time I got honest with God, he'd say to me, how about just turn loose of that stuff and let me have control of your life? Amen. Some of us have got decisions to make. Amen. The young among us, amen, that that just graduated. We got one graduate at least. I'm telling you right now, they've got choices they got to make, and I feel for them. Those are hard choices, amen. Some of the hard things that you'll ever decide on is who you're going to going to marry, what you're going to do, and things like that, because you know if you make the wrong choice, amen, it can affect you for years, it can cost you, but what I'm trying to say to you today is what we need to do is to put our whole life into the hand of God and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you now, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to let you do the good thing. God has a better plan for you. Anointing Saul over Israel, that was God's plan. Now, he didn't want him to have a king to start with, but he agreed to it. The Bible said old Samuel picked Saul out, or, or Saul, God sent Saul to Samuel, and Samuel knew that was, that was the man. The Bible said he was head and shoulders above the rest of them. Now, I imagine the normal fellow is probably about five, ten, six feet tall, so that means... Old Saul must have been about six seven, six six. He'd have been big, tall fella, handsome fella, stout fella. And when old Saul seen him, he thought, "Yep, that's him. That's the king we need right there. That's the man that'll get the job done." And I'll tell you right now, I've had, I've had them thoughts about people before. I've thought to myself, "Yep, that's a good one for the job right there." 
And you know what I found? I've been disappointed many a time when people just don't, they don't, they don't come up to what I actually thought in my own mind. Now, that wasn't their fault. Mostly it's mine. Because I can tell you right now, we're all full of faults. We're all full of problems, and we need God so desperately. But, oh, I see the Lord trying to help Samuel. He said, hey, how long are you going to keep a crying? You need to dry it up. I like it when the Lord gets straight, don't you? Hey, he said, you've mourned long enough. He said, now, fill your horn with oil. He said, get that oil and fill up your horn with it. You say, preacher, what's he trying to tell him? He's telling him to get ready. He said, life ain't over just because one thing went wrong. He said, life ain't done just because one of your plans didn't work out the way you thought it would. He said, get the horn and fill it up with some oil. I'll tell you right now, there's some of us need to get serious with God and let him fill our heart with the anointing power of the Holy Ghost of God. Some of us need to repent of some of the things we've been holding on to and the things that have corrupted our thoughts and the things that have kept us from living the life that God wants us to have. Brother, if we'll let God clean us up and fill us up, we'll be ready for the journey. He said, Samuel, he said, get right. Get right. Get that, get that oil, that, that horn full of the oil. You see, he couldn't anoint another king without the prophet of God. That's what God did. He used the, the priest to anoint kings over Israel and Samuel was the priest. And so the first thing he had to do to get a better plan of going was he had to deal with Samuel. Samuel had some problems, just like you and just like me. Samuel had some things he had to deal with. And the first thing he told him was, you need to get right. You need to get your heart right. You need to get your heart filled with that anointing oil. You need to get yourself in a place where the Holy Ghost of God can dwell in you. What the Bible said is about you. He said your body is the temple of the Lord and he said the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside that temple and it's important for you and I to repent of our sin and to get right with God. If we're going to receive the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God, we're going to have to repent of our sin and get ready to go do the work of God. I like what he told him. He said, you need to let go of that stuff. He said, you need to get ready. Get your oil oil container filled back up. And he said, I need you to get up and go. It's time you get back on the road for me. It's time you start doing what I've called you to do. Amen. If, if something's got your life upside down, friend, hear me today. God's got a better plan for you. You say, preacher, I didn't think you'd ever preach prosperity. I ain't talking about the, the health and wealth of this world's gospel. I'm talking about a God that ain't willing to throw away every life that's upside down and makes, makes trouble and, and can't get it right. And, and when it doesn't seem like the world no what to do to help you. I want you to know that God has a better plan for you. And that plan may not have anything to do with anything to do with the wealth of this world. Matter of fact, likely don't. Amen? Because that's not the good things of life, by the way. You want to know what will upset a man's life? Give him a bunch of money. No. God, I ain't preaching to you prosperity today. What I'm trying to tell you is I got a God of second chances. Yeah, your life may be in, you may, your life may have not turned out the way you thought it would. Amen. You may have years of regret. You may have things you wish you'd done different. 
You may wish this hadn't happened to me or that hadn't happened to me or that hadn't happened to them that caused something to happen to me. But I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm just here to say to you today, well, I felt this in my spirit for the last few days. Somebody needs to know that God wants to help you today. God wants to take what the world has messed up and give you something better. He said, Samuel, I need you to quit grieving over the past. All right? Give you plenty of time to grieve over that business. Turn it loose. Let it go. Get your heart right and filled up. And I need you to start going for me. Because I've got a plan. I've got a plan, he said. Ain't it good when God gets in right in the middle of our lives and he just wakes us up. He said, I got your attention. Now, I need you to let go of this stuff. I need you to start going for me again. I need you to obey me. And he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, I've picked me a king. He said, amen. He said, that first one, he wouldn't obey me. He said, but I found a man. You see what God knew, Samuel didn't. And he, ain't that always the case? When you think there ain't no hope, when you think the best candidate uh, was, a, was a Saul kind of re- response, God says, I know better. I know who really is able to get the job done. I know how to do a, make a better plan for your life if you'll just trust me. He said, Samuel, get up from there, get that oil. And he said, you go down uh, to the house of, of Jesse in Bethlehem. He said, for I have picked me a king. And the Bible said, he told him, he said, when you get down there. He said, I'll tell you who it is. Well, the Bible said, amen, that old Samuel immediately, he had he had a response to God. He said, well, he said, if I go down there, he said, Saul will surely kill me. And that was the truth. If Saul had found out that Samuel was going down to anoint another man king, he would have killed Samuel. I don't have any doubt about it. Well, there's always obstacles, ain't they? If you want a better life with God, I can assure you there'll be obstacles to it. Do you know what? You needn't worry about the obstacles. Amen. You've got a God in control. If you put your hand in his life, here's what I can tell you. Will you have obstacles? Yes. You'll have obstacles, but you'll have one that knows how to get through every one of those obstacles. You've got one, amen, that you're going for, that you're living for, that knows just what to do. He knows when to do it. He knows how to do it. He told old Samuel, he said, don't you worry about that. He said, you get you a heifer and you go down there and he said, you're going to make a sacrifice to me. Let me tell you something. When it comes to the better life with God, I'll tell you right now, there's a little bit of sacrifice involved. When it comes to knowing what the good things are of this world, you say, preacher, how in the world can I experience the good things of God? Well, number one, you're going to have to be obedient to God. You're going to have to trust him. But brother, number two, when he tells you to do something, amen, you need to do it. Because the obstacles of this world will pin you down. They'll keep you from the better plan if you don't listen to God and do what he says. He said, God, I can't do that. He said, if I go down there, Saul, kill me. God said, don't you worry about that. He said, you take you a heifer. And he said, you go down there, just make sacrifice in Bethlehem. And he said, if there's anybody asks you, he said, you tell them I'm going down to make sacrifice. Did you know that God knows the answer to every problem that you'll face? Uh, I, I can get it. <laughs> right. Amen. I'm just like you are. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, 
God got this, but when you wake up tomorrow and your life's upside down, you'll do the same thing everybody else does. Oh, God, where are you? How fickle our faith is. How, how miniature we are as grown-ups in Christ when it comes to the hard things of life because when we get flipped upside down on top of our head, we go to wondering, well, God has left me. God ain't helping me. I'll tell you right now, it ain't a mystery to you and I that obstacle come to the faith of the born-again believer. But brother, we've got promises from heaven that says he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll help me and strengthen me. He's everything we need. Amen. He said, don't you worry about the obstacles. He said, you be ready to sacrifice. You say, preacher, what's it going to cost me? Hey, ain't no telling. But I can tell you right now, as long as you're ready to sacrifice, when it comes time to sacrifice and you do what is required, what you'll find is that God's answer was always the right one. What God told you to do was always the right thing to do. Well, Samuel got the word. God said, listen, let go and get going. Samuel said, I can't do it. God gave him the answer. He told him part of his plan. Now, let me say this. There have been many times in my life where I knew a little. That's all I knew. As pertained to the plan of God to my life, most of it, Scott, revealed itself to me step by step. I didn't know a lot about how he was going to do it, right? What he would do, <laughs> it had blowed my mind if I'd had any idea how he'd have done some of that. But what God did make promises to me, those are in the book. Huh? Those are in the book. If you want to get to the better things that God has for you, it's in the book. His plan for you is laid out. And it, and it may be by not direction. He won't tell you specifically. But brother, he'll give you enough from this good book that you will know what you need to do in, in order to get into the center of God's will for your life. And brother, if you'll do that, you're going to find out like Samuel that he's got a better plan. He's got a better plan. The Bible said he went down to Bethlehem and boy, when he got in the city, it terrified him. Oh, they thought something was terribly wrong because here was the priest in a, in a, in a, in a lowly place like Bethlehem. Here he had a sacrifice. Oh, they must have thought in their mind, well, God has God given him a word against us and if, and if that heifer don't do it, we're dead men. No, they said, should we be, have you come peaceably? And he said, oh yeah, peaceably. He said, I've come to sacrifice. And the Bible said he sanctified Jesse, got everything in order and he got, got the sacrifice in order. He made the sacrifice. And the Bible said he told old Jesse, he said, hey, bring me your sons. And the Bible said they brought them out there. Now, here's what God never did tell Samuel. He never did tell him who. He just told him what. Right? He said, he said I, got, I picked me another king. But now he didn't share with Did you know today that God don't always share the details? Some of you ready to say amen to that. Right? I've been wishing he'd share some with me. I'd like to know what in the world he's doing. Did you know you don't need to know? And if you did need to know... He would have told you. Do you believe that? I do. Yes, I do. I do believe. I believe he would have told me that if I needed to know. But you know, we don't like not knowing. That's just how we are. 
You know why that is? Because you're still trying to be the planner in God's plan. Now, we done established you tend to mess them up. And yet you're still trying to have your muddy hands all over everything good God's trying to do. Thank you, Jesus. You don't let me be a part of most of this. Thank you, God, that you don't ask my opinion. Thank you that you don't give me too many details so I can get in the middle of it and mess up what you're trying to do that is better for me. Thank you, God, he don't tell me much. Well, he didn't tell Samuel. All he told Samuel was, is go down to Jesse's house. And he said, I have picked me the king. And he said, I will name him to you. That ought to have been enough. But when you're still trying to plan for God's plan, what you're trying to do is still mess it up. Samuel gets down there. Sure enough, Jesse's first boy, guess what? He happened to be another one of them tall fellers. I believe Saul, I mean Samuel liked them tall men, right? He, he, yeah, that's a good king, right? He, he saw old alive and he thought to himself, I'm going to get this oil ready, right? We're fixing to anoint him. I know that's what God's doing. How many times in your life have you said, yeah, I know what God's doing now. Wake up tomorrow and say, well, I didn't really know what he was doing. Because what I thought he was going to do, he didn't do. Samuel was still trying to be the planner for God's plan. Let me tell you something. As long as you're trying to hold on to the plan yourself, you're not going to experience the goodness that God has for you. Oh, the grace of God. He spoke to Samuel. He said, no. He said, Samuel, he said, I've not picked him. You just did. He said, but I didn't pick him. He said, the problem you've got, Samuel, is he said, you're looking from the outside. He said, what you see is what man sees. He said, but what you can't see is what I see. Let me be real clear because that is a profound statement in what we're talking about this morning. God sees what you can't see. That's why his plan is perfect. When you can't see it, right, you get all nervous because you don't know what to do. Right? Because God's saying, hands off, Dustin, quit bothering me with your plan. I have a plan. I need you to follow me. And that's part of growing up as a child of God is that we learn to trust him in the things that we don't know what he's doing. Right, Tish? We don't know sometimes what in the world God is doing. But let me be clear. God is always doing something. And it is always right. And guess what? It's always for your good. The Apostle Paul would go as far to say to them in the book of Romans, verse 8 of chapter 28. He said, for we know. I like that, don't you? For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We know that. What we need to do is turn loose and say, God, how about you drive? Right? You know, that bumper sticker says, God is my co pilot. <laughs> I don't want that sticker. Yeah. Don't let me drive. I don't need a co pilot. Hey, I like that song, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> That's a better one right there. You need to be in charge because the, the truth is, is, God's the only one that knows the better plan. Yeah. They brought the second son out, and God said, Nope, that's not him. 
Brought the third one out. Nope, that's not him. And after seven sons, it would begin to try one's faith. Because here we was, all seven sons had been before Samuel and not any of them was called to be king. Well, what's Samuel thinking? All right, we're going to have to start bringing Eliab back out. I must not have heard him. But he didn't. He said to Jesse, he said, come out. Is this all your sons? If it is, Samuel knew he had a problem, right? Is this all your sons? He said, well, no. He said, there's one more. He's just the youngest one, right? He's out there feeding sheep. Right, can you see old Samuel? I can see him grin. <laughs> he said, go and fetch him. Now, they had to go all the way to the backside of somewhere, wherever them sheep were. And they had to find him, and then they had to bring him in. Right? I don't know how long that would have taken. But I know this. At the moment, Jesse said, there's one more. Samuel was able to marry up that information with what God had said. He was going to call him a king from the sons of Jesse. He was able to put two and two together. I love it when a plan comes together, don't you? I love it when we start seeing the plan of God unfold. And Samuel looked at him. He said, hey, he said, you go fetch him. He said, I will not sit down until he is, he is here. In the betterment of your life, to see the plan of God come to pass, let me, let me give you a profound truth of what took place right there. You're going to have to stand sometimes, and you're going to have to wait for God's plan. The Bible said, I read it again in, in Psalms chapter number 40 yesterday. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. Listen to what he said. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And then he said, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We hear Isaiah as he would pin it in, in Isaiah. And he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Right? We find that in the plan of God, what is involved is this terrible concept of having to be patient. Right? And in in a culture of, of instant gratification where everything is at our fingertips and there is no patience ultimately within most people anymore, what God says is if you're going to see the better plan, sometimes you'll have to wait for it. You realize that it's taken God years in some of your lives to actually unfold that wonderful plan that you sit there grinning about today, right? Some of you are happily married today and you wasn't before. Some of you are, some of you are experiencing the goodness of God in ways that you'd never, you didn't even know existed. And now you're able, you're in a place today that you didn't even think was possible, but you had to wait to get here. You had to wait for it. Samuel said, I ain't going to sit down. I'm going to stand for God until I see his plan fully implemented. And he did. Come get a song if you would. God has a better plan. Some of you are experiencing the better plan of God today. And I, I believe many of you could testify about it today if we need. And then there's some of you that are right in the middle of having seen a plan 
fall apart. Right? And, and some of you have grieved about it. Some of you maybe are still grieving about it. Maybe you've not let it go and grabbed hold of the Word of God and the truth of God that says, listen, get your heart right with me, get over what happened back there, and now let's go forward. Let's see what, what I can do in your life when you give me all of your life, when you let me have that. The Bible said they brought in this little fella, best we can tell, maybe a teenager, Bible said he was ruddy, meaning he is a redhead. That's what ruddy means, is he is redheaded. You ever know many redheaded presidents? God fixing to pick one. Wait, he redheaded, Lord, you sure? Right? See, a lot of times the, the answer is not what we expected. Was he handsome? Yep. Was he everything God needed? Absolutely. He was the man. He was everything that the others were not. And only God knew that. When David got there, God said to Samuel, that's him. That's my man. Now, anoint him king over Israel. And the Bible said Samuel did as God said. And the Bible said after he anointed David over Israel, the Holy Ghost of God fell on David. Ultimately, what we want to see, the best plan of God is for the Holy Spirit to be working in the plan. That's how we know it's God's better plan, is when the Holy Ghost has its ability to work freely in the plan. Is he working that way in you today? Hey, preacher, I have to admit, I think I've been meddling with God's stuff. I've been trying to help God, you know. I, I had a good intentions. We all do. Those intentions are based upon your pride. You say, no, I just really wanted to. No, it's because you want to be God instead of Him. That's our problem. Be honest, that's all of our problem. When we rebel against God, it's because in our heart of hearts, we're trying to do His job because we think we can do it better. He anointed David king over Israel. And I guarantee you found out that that was a better plan. Because it wasn't long after that that I'll bet somebody run into Samuel. Samuel kind of hid out after that. He wasn't, he wasn't much known of till the death of, of Saul. But I bet there was somebody run into Samuel one day and said, hey, guess what? What? Israel's against the Philistines down there, and they had their giant up for 40 days, him making brags about, about, about what he was going to do and take us into captivity. If there was just one fight, yeah, what happened? Uh, David went down there and killed him. What? Yeah. Where was Saul? In his tent. See, God had a better plan. It didn't involve Saul. God had a better plan. And when David killed that giant and cut his head off and Israel defeated the Philistines, it was proof, you see. Suddenly you start to see the plan of God unfold and you say, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea that God was doing something so great. And that wasn't the last of it, right? We see a lot about the life of David in the Word of God. 
God had a better plan. God had a better plan for Jonah. God had a better plan for the woman with the issue of blood. And, and all of them in the Scripture, right? Preacher is too far gone. No, the problem is we just don't want to give our heart to God and say, how about you work this one? How about you take my life and make it what you want me to be? Would you stand this morning? I don't know your heart today, but if you're grieving over the past, let's let that go. Let's let that go. Let's let God have that. Listen, you, you can regret a thousand times and it still won't change the fact that whatever happened, happened. But ain't you glad that in Christ we find something that is called forgiveness? And forgiveness means that whatever it was that was in the way has been removed. And it, it came to me this morning when I was reading that little part and John said that whosoever confessed his sin, he was faithful and just to forgive them of their sin and to cleanse them of all unrighteousness. What I noted to myself as I read that is there is no discussion of punishment. Anybody ever caught that? In order to be forgiven for your sins, there is no discussion of what you have to pay. And why is that? Because somebody's already paid it for you. So quit trying, quit trying to take the place of a Savior who died for you. Because the only sacrifice that God accepts is His. So as far as you trying to regret yourself and to figure out how in the world God... Listen, all you need to do is let go of it. Let God have it, repent of it, turn and go forward and give it all to Him and He can give you a better plan. God's got a better plan for you today. I don't know your heart, but if you're here as we sing, would you come to God today? Listen, there's no reason that you need to live defeated. I don't care what, what's in your past. It's time that we get going for God. Let go of everything behind you, and let's go forward. Let's reach for the prize. Mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's go forward and reach for that.